0: We're still waiting for the Supreme Court to come out with their decision on these bad vax mandates, but there are some telling questions that show us what they're actually thinking. Let's take a look at what, let's take a look at them and let's really hear what they're saying. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, what a weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. Well, We've got COVID. Oh my gosh, not me. I'm I'm still testing negative. And I I don't even want to test. I don't even care. If I'm positive, that's great. It means that nothing's happening. It means that this disease isn't that bad. So, Josie's daughter ended up with COVID. She took a test, took a test a couple of times. So, her other daughter ended up with COVID, her two grandkids ended up with covid her son-in-law or whatever he is ended up with covid so everyone's got covid so here's what's going on a t- temperature of 99 degrees a headache and tired that's that's what's happening that's all that's happening with any of them is temperature and that temperature kind of goes back to normal every once in a while and and, and I can't even tell if the kids are tired or if they're just being what they usually are because they usually sleep during the day anyway and are up all night. I know that Miss COVID uh, daughter was up at three in the morning talking on the phone. So I, I don't, I'm not even sure it's, I'm not even sure it's COVID that she's tired or she's just up all night messing around. So the kids are out now for five days Uh, one of the, the girl that doesn't have COVID, the daughter that doesn't have COVID, she's out for 10 days, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. But I, (laughs) the world goes on. We're supposed to be going to Big Bear and we're going to go to Big Bear come hell or high water. I talked to my dad about it because my dad is going to be 78 this year and said, Hey dad, uh, you know, we got COVID in the house. We're staying in separate cabins up there, but he said, we got COVID and I don't care just bring them up here. We're all catching this thing. Well, why did I start this? I thought this would be a great segue into what we're going to talk about today. And I know I was off yesterday because I stayed with Josie and typically I can't do a podcast because there are just too many kids in the house and they make way too much noise. And I'm not one of those guys that just decides, okay, I'm just going to go hide off in a closet someplace and do this. But I really wanted to do this podcast because first off, it took me almost eight hours to get this podcast done because I had to. Li- I'll tell you in a second. On Friday, the Supreme Court uh, heard two arguments about the vaccine mandates that have been implemented by the Biden administration. I heard all three and a half hours of those speeches of those of those arguments on Saturday and Sunday. So you can imagine my mind is kind of gone. And when I didn't do this podcast yesterday, I was thinking to myself, God, this, this really sucks. I, I'd spent all that time and I didn't even do the podcast on time. So there are, there are two arguments in this case, not just one. The first argument was the constitutionality of OSHA implementing vaccine mandates on private businesses that make up a hundred or or employees or more. Now you're gonna hear we're gonna I'm gonna play a lot of the audio from this. This is probably gonna be a longer podcast because I'm gonna be playing a lot of audio. It's not gonna seem long to me because I'm not saying anything. But this was this is kind of a vicious mandate. Because if you have a business that's over a hundred or more, you that business has to pay for uh pay for testing and or monitor and police their employees to make sure they're vaccinated and then have proof of the vaccine or these guys could suffer a 17 to $150,000 fine per incident. So this one's vicious. This one, this one's a bad one and this is the one that's going to call into question. The second was an implementation of vaccine mandates for healthcare workers that work in companies that take medical uh, Medicaid and Medicare. Um those companies, like the company I used to work for, um, they're being run by the department. This one is being run not by OSHA but the Department of Health and Human Services. According according to a bunch of legal scholars out there, it sounds like this is going to be a split, uh, because the the healthcare workers. It sounds like they're going to have to get vaccinated or tested. Because in this case, when they're receiving, when these health facilities are receiving Medicare and Medicaid, technically those people that, those healthcare workers are actually federal, uh, are actually federal agents. So they're probably going to have to go through the VAX mandates. That, that one is probably going to get through. The one I'm going to concentrate on is going to be the OSHA and the OSHA thing is pretty pretty serious. That's the one that I think violates the Constitution. I, I don't think there's much of a doubt. And even CNN is saying, listening to what Kavanaugh and Roberts are saying about this case, it sounds like that people are, that, that fax mandate is going to be killed. And to tell you the truth, that's the one I really want killed. I think private business. Should not have the federal government needs to keep their uh, they need to keep their nose out of private business. Let private business deal with it. They they they're better uh, they're better equipped to deal with it than the federal government is. So again, I spent three hours listening to these arguments, and we're going to go over them because they are extremely telling about how these people are going to rule. Unlike many outlets, I did not cut down a lot of their arguments because. Yes, you can get a you can get a piece an important piece of what they're trying to say. But I also want to show how long winded these people are and I wanted to make sure everyone got the context of what they were saying. And not to mention, the third reason is I had to listen to crap, so you should have to listen to a lot of it too. Now, again, you can just turn this off, but you probably won't. None of these clips are, I think there's only one clip that's two minutes. Most of these clips are about 30 seconds to, to a minute. So it's also uh, it's also really interesting to hear these proceedings because you, you really get an, an idea of, of what's going on here. One thing I learned is that these just some of these justices just aren't that smart. Some of these justices really don't know much about the Constitution. Some of these justices are really activists. And it's really interesting to see this and hear it. And I like talking about this stuff because it's hard to believe that like a Sotomayor or a Kagan or a Breyer, they really don't give a damn about the Constitution. And you can hear it. So... Let's go through it. Now, a lot of the things that they talk about, let's talk about their arguments first before we get crazy. Now, the petitioner. Now, I don't have any of the names of the lawyers. I didn't bother looking them up. I I just didn't care. Um, The petitioner, who is the person that is bringing the action, these are the people that are against the mandates. They have a very simple case. Their case is made up of six points. One, the first point, and we're going to talk specifically about the OSHA case because I don't think they're going to win the, the uh, uh, case against the healthcare workers. The first case, OSHA does not have the legislative right to police businesses or for vax or mask mandates. That's not their job, that's not what they've been assigned, and that's a job for Congress. Two, OSHA was just flat out not given that power back when they were created in 1970. It wasn't explicitly said that pandemics, endemics, or anything like that was any has anything to do with OSHA. And if you look at the creation of OSHA and you look at their job duties, yes, that makes absolute sense. Three, the federal government is stepping on the toes of the states. The states have rights. A lot of states do not want to do the VAX mandates. Florida, Arizona, Texas, Georgia... Uh, Alabama. They, they don't want anything to do with the vax mandates. The federal government is forcing on them, and that's illegal according to the Constitution. Four, by the way, all this is correct. Four, OSHA rules are trying to make workers safe from something that is a threat to all of us in all aspects of life. And the, the Omicron variant changes the whole world from when this vax mandate was made because the Omicron variant is far more transmissible, far less deadly. So the vax mandate from Delta may not work for Omicron. That's a great argument, by the way. Five, this will destroy business. The government has no right to step on the toes of business to destroy business. And six, the court must rule a stay of the mandates because of the major question doctrine. Now, here's the question. I've heard this thing and I'm like, what is the major question doctrine? And they did talk quite a bit about it. So the major question doctrine is defined by the University of Michigan Law School. They said, a court will not defer to an agency's interpretation of statutory provision in circumstances where the case involves an issue of deep economic or political significance, or where the interpretive question could effectuate an enormous and transformative expansion of the agency's regulatory authority. What does that mean? What that means is that OSHA, and this is something that that the conservative judges really pointed out, OSHA does not have the right to put down mandates that are going to expand its own powers. And one of the problems, and that the courts are required to put a stay in place if it looks like that might be the case now the problem here for the um respondent which is the person that is against the vac, is for the vax mandates is that there is no end date to when osha is finished and amy coney barrett was the one who really pushed this and so did john roberts but amy coney barrett is the one who beat this really asked a question that killed him all right, so the respondent, the person who defends the mandates, had a couple of arguments too. The pandemic is the deadliest thing in the last hundred years. Unprecedented acts are necessary to keep people safe. I personally think that's a crappy argument, and I don't think, and I'll talk about why when we get to our argument. And finally, OSHA was given the authority to do this in the in the 1970s. It was assumed. Uh, I, I think this... These are crappy, crappy arguments. But anyway, so let's go through it. So right off the bat, the, uh, uh, the respondent, the uh, petitioner, the person against the mandates, they make their arguments. Nothing extreme here. Everything that I said is there. That's why I didn't even bother playing it. But here comes Elena Kagan, who has proven to herself to be nothing more than a leftist activist judge who really isn't all that concerned about the constitution yeah i'm a little biased here so let's listen to what she has to say Because, mr
1: keller I, I don't understand the point uh whatever necessary means whether it's a necessary improper or whether it's something more than that why isn't this necessary to abate a grave risk um this is a pandemic in which nearly a million people have died it is by far the greatest public health danger that this country uh, has faced in the last century. More and more people are dying every day. More and more people are getting sick every day. I don't mean to be dramatic here, I'm just sort of stating facts. And this is the policy that is um, most geared to stopping all this. Uh, There's nothing else that will perform that function better than incentivizing people strongly to vaccinate themselves so you know whatever necessary means whatever grave means why isn't this necessary and grave
0: okay she was talking to the petitioner so she was talking to the people against the vaccine mandates i guess his name is keller okay first off she is being dramatic and what she said is that this being the greatest public health Issue in the last hundred years. That's not true. We had the Spanish flu, which is what she's comparing it to. We also had measles. We also had smallpox. We also had polio. Polio killed an American president, for Christ's sake. We had anthrax. We had Lyme disease. We had Ebola. We had SARS. We had um, bird flu. We had uh, uh, mad cow disease. Believe it or not, we've had more diseases in the last 20 years than anything else we've had aids this is not the greatest public health crisis and nearly a million people this is something we're going to talk about with Walensky yes nearly a million people died but did they actually die of covid that's believe that's statistics that the cdc has but they're not releasing they're not talking about this so this is not this is not it there's there's a lot of diseases out there I also want to point out that all these mandates—the locking down, the shutting down of schools—has created a mental health crisis. I mean, we're talking suicides are happening. The CDC has admitted hospitalizations and deaths for COVID were up. We're causing hospitals to have a problem, but a lot of people just tested positives for COVID, but they were in the hospital for other reasons. So that 800,000 is kind of an iffy number. We need to be careful. And this is something that really (coughs) bothered me. (coughs) She's using the term incentivizing people to get uh, vaccinated. People are not being incentivized to get the vaccine through these mandates. They're being forced to get their vaccine or lose their job. They're not given a choice. She uses the term on purpose because she's smart. Because forcing people to get vaccinated is unconstitutional, and she knows it. And if she sat there and said, why shouldn't we force people to get vaccinated because it's unconstitutional, that would be the answer. So this isn't the first time liberal judges have done this. It was done during the Obamacare debate also. The Obamacare debate, they switched the wording around. Remember, if you didn't have insurance under Obamacare, you had to pay a penalty. And then John Roberts said, well, it's not really a penalty, it's a tax. So they do have a tendency of swapping language and making something legal based on this. And I guarantee you the dissent that will be written by Kagan and that dissent will state that this is not a mandate, even though Obama even though Biden is calling it a mandate. Just like Obama called his penalty a penalty, and then they decided to call it a, a tax. It's another thing that I just want to point out and listen to this with all the other liberal judges the uh, the Constitution's not mentioned once. constitutional, unconstitutional. none of that's mentioned. It's just, well, we should be able to do this, okay. So, the next question by Elena Kagan, I I find quite disheartening. Listen to this one. Why
2: shouldn't the federal government, which it has already decided in OSHA, to give, Congress has decided to give OSHA the power to regulate workplace safety, have a national rule that will
3: protect workers? Congress would have to clearly state in a statute if it wanted to give an occupational health agency the power to require employees to get certain medical treatment. It's one thing to say. There's
2: no requirement here. It's not a vaccine mandate. It's well, something totally different. It, and I don't know how much clearer than 651 Cong- Congress could have been. It charges OSHA with developing innovative methods, techniques and approaches to dealing with occupational safety occupational safety and health issues. I don't know how much clearer you can be if you're congress to tell an agency in an emergency do what's necessary
0: i don't think congress can do it do you okay she's stating something that is being argued right now osha i i i heard what she read but that's no that doesn't say it's gotta literally say Literally, it has to say that, not figuratively. It literally has to say, in the case of disease, then you, it didn't say that. It said in emergency. An emergency is like a fire, something like that. You have to have fire extinguishers in your business to put out a fire. That's OSHA. Disease is not mentioned at all. So she's wrong here. And this is something really bothers me. Bureaucracy is running things here. Bureaucracy is now making law. Bureaucracy is policing the laws that they make. This need, the petitioner is right. It isn't been defied by that OSHA can require vaccines. And there's no way to sit back and think that these guys knew about the China virus back in 1970. Do you know how you know he's right? Kagan cuts him off. K- Kagan also keeps pushing this crap that this is not a vaccine mandate. I'm sorry if I don't get a vaccine and I lose my I could lose my job if I don't get a vaccine. That's a mandate. That's forcing yourself to to do to go, and you're allowing OSHA to create penalties. And by the way, she said, "Hey, can Congress do that? Can Congress actually fix? Yeah, that's their job." Is she kidding? Congress is supposed to come up with laws. Congress has more resources than OSHA does. Congress is dealing with the CDC to sit back and say, well, Congress can't do it. OSHA can. What? So we should just shut down Congress because they can't do it? Okay, here's Stephen Breyer. Again, no word of the Constitution here. Here's Stephen Breyer. Again, he's pushing the same thing, but this time the petitioner really lays them down.
4: And they said, uh, in our view, hmm,
0: yeah, that's
4: right. Some people may quit, maybe 3%, but more may quit when they discover they have to work together with unvaccinated others, because that means they may get the disease, okay? And more will quit because they'll be maybe die, or maybe they'll be in the hospital, or maybe they'll be sick and have to stay home for two weeks. So they did the pros and cons. So I'd like to take Justice Kagan's questions, which I think I share on the merits, and just ask you: Are you asking us both still to issue a stay
3: today, tomorrow, Monday, and why? Uh, we are. are seeking an immediate. St- thank you for the question. We, we are seeking an, an immediate stay. As an initial matter, I think Alabama Realtors takes their arguments about the beneficial effects of their illegal action off the table. If the court considers it illegal, then it's not in the public interest and it's proper to enjoin it. Now the court may say, uh, or or say it rather, the court may decide that there's a better way to unwind the illegal action than a judicial action. I think that's what Justice Kavanaugh's concurrence in the first uh, Alabama Realtors got to. But what it can't do is say we judge that these are very, uh, in our view, this illegal action will lead to good effects and so uh, we will allow that to happen. To so Justice Kagan's question about the who decides point, Congress told, told us who decides. The 2112, 28 U.S.C. 2112 says that courts can issue stays, And the reason for that is they recognize that this was without notice and comment, and unless the courts could step in to abate illegal actions, nobody would be able to do so. And that's especially important here, where the, the, the action they're in our view mandating, but at least strongly encouraging, vaccination cannot be undone. Finally, the other point in the public interest is, one awkwardness of this situation is that the ETS is focused on what was really a different pandemic. It's all about the Delta variant. Now we are on to Omicron. And as my presence here as a triple vaccinated uh, individual by phone suggests, and as Justice Sotomayor suggested, and as the amicus brief from the American Commitment Foundation shows, vaccines do not appear to be very effective in stopping the spread or transmission. They are very effective in stopping severe consequences. And that's why our states strongly urge people. To get them, but I think that makes it very hard to look
0: at the numbers they give and assume that they still apply today. Boom. He hit it right off the bat. I love the way that Breyer, though, just waves off the fact that 3% of the workforce would quit. Actually, no. 3% of the workforce weren't quit. 3% of the workforce, and it's probably closer to 10 to 15% of the workforce, would be fired. He doesn't think twice about the effect this is going to have on business. He doesn't care. People who are quitting because they're afraid of the virus, they're quitting anyway. It doesn't matter what the vaccine mandate is. We already see that now with the supply chain crisis. And then the the petitioner lays down the wood. I should really get this guy's name. Um, He says the mandates are illegal more than once. He keeps saying this is an illegal mandate. This is a great plan. Keep repeating. This is an illegal mandate. It's an illegal mandate. Do you know why? It is illegal. He says that someone who gets the vaccine cannot undo the vaccine. I think that's enough reason to put a stay on and say, whoa. If something bad happens to that person because of a reaction to the vaccine, There's nothing that can be done about it at that point. Except more medical treatment. And he points out something else that's really important. The the vax mandate was thrown out there during Delta. Omicron is a different story. Vaccinations are not stopping Omicron. We're not even sure the vaccinations have anything to do with with, uh, Omicron. We don't know if the vaccines are even making you healthier or stopping your risk from dying from omicron right now there are more people who are vaccinated are catching and dying of omicron than unvaccinated so how's ocean rules gonna fix that so it's an excellent i mean that should have blown it out uh, the conservative judges again no mention of the Constitution. Here's uh, Sotomayor, who has got to be, without a doubt, the dumbest Supreme Court justice I have ever seen. I can sit on the Supreme Court if this dumb broad, I don't give a rat's ass that she went to Harvard or Yale or whatever. This broad is dumb. And she points out how dumb she is a couple of times. Well, here's her first case of how, there's a first uh, example of how dumb she is.
2: council. council those numbers show that Omicron um, is as deadly uh, and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. The numbers, look at the hospitalization rates that are going on. We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before in, t- in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without, the, without um, some workplace rules, Uh, uh, with respect to vaccines or encouraging vaccines, because this is not a vaccine mandate and and requiring masking uh, and requiring isolation of people who have tested for COVID, because none of you have addressed that part of the ETS is to say something that should be self-evident to the world, but is not, which is if you're sick, you can't come into work, the workplace can't let you into the workplace. And you shouldn't go on unmasked. Um, Tell me what's irrational about rules of that nature when it is the workplace that puts you into contact with people that will put you at risk.
0: Apparently, Kagan and Sotomayor got together because they keep saying this is not a vaccine mandate. The Biden administration is calling it a vaccine mandate. It is a mandate. This isn't encouraging. If, If you call encouraging me to get a vaccine, you'll be fired if you don't get the vaccine? That doesn't sound like an a encouragement. That sounds like a mandate. That sounds like you're forcing me to get a vaccine or lose my job. Now, either this woman is really stupid or she's lying. Hearing her before, I think she's just stupid. There have been a grand total of 3,500 children put in hospitals since the pandemic began. Less than 700 children have died. All who died had severe comorbidities, including asthma and obesity and diabetes. So what's she saying? 100,000 children are being put on vet? No, not even close. We'll get to that later. Omicron is 80 times, about 50 times less deadly than Delta. And it is the main variant right now. It is making up 78% of the covid cases so she's wrong again hospital rates have gone up but that's because the number of beds in the hospitals has gone down because the biden admin because hospitals are forced to fire uh let go hospital personnel i heard this morning that one hospital had to shut down 83 beds because they were missing healthcare workers because they had to let them go because they wouldn't get the vaccines. But the average daily stay with Alpha, Beta, and Delta was four days in the hospital. The average stay in the hospital today with Omicron is 1.6 days. So people are not being put on ventilators. They're going to the hospital because they're scared of Omicron, and then they're being let go. So, none of this stuff is true. And by the way, the science says it's not true. Omicron apparently doesn't get into the lungs. It stays in the nasal pharynx. So, that's what, why it's not as deadly a disease. This statement by Sotomayor was given four Pinocchio's by the Washington Post, which is a very left-leaning publication. Everything this woman said was wrong. But I think Sotomayor is trying to make a point here that really goes against the Constitution, and she shows that she really is dumb. She should not be a constitutional lawyer because I don't think this woman has ever read the Constitution. Here's my proof. Listen.
3: Uh, I don't know that we've argued that the requirement is irrational, and indeed there may be many states subject to their own state laws that could impose this themselves or private businesses. Uh, So we're not making- So if if it's
2: within the police power to protect the health and welfare of workers, you seem to be saying the states can do it, but you're saying the federal government can't, even though it's facing the same crisis in interstate commerce that states are facing within their own borders. I, I am not sure I understand the distinction why the states would have the power but the federal
0: government wouldn't this is embarrassing for a supreme court justice because the supreme court justice's only law that she needs to acknowledge is the constitution and she doesn't know the constitution because if she doesn't understand states rights over federal government rules she doesn't know the constitution because it's in the constitution states rights are number one the states can ask for federal government for help, and that's up to the federal government to do so. But the federal government can't force anything on the states. That's in the Constitution. You have to remember before when we had um, uh, we we were a constitutional we weren't a constitutional government, but we were before the Constitution was ratified in 1786 or 1789. Um, the states had full power. The federal government was nothing. They couldn't even tax. That was brought up in a later amendment. Does this, has this broad ever read the Constitution? And this is something else she brings up, interstate commerce. Interstate commerce, the Constitution gives the federal government three powers. That's it. Three jobs is what the federal government has create an army protect the borders and um deal with foreign powers Uh, protect us when we say army protect the united states citizen from terrorists both foreign and domestic sure you've heard that somewhere define and protect our borders and resolving interstate commerce Interstate commerce has been the reason why the federal government has gained power in the last 120 years, probably since Woodrow Wilson. Everything became an interstate commerce issue, and therefore the federal government has a right to say something. Here's the... I, I This is a thing. What? Interstate commerce? What? A virus is interstate commerce? I, I don't know. I don't buy it. I'm sorry, it's a virus. Okay, so now that was all those questions you heard. The five the five clips you heard were all questions to the petitioner. Now, let's listen to the part of the opening statement of the respondent who wants the vax mandates. Listen to this and think about why I'm playing part of her argument. And I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts. So listen.
5: COVID-19 is the deadliest pandemic in American history, and it poses a particularly acute workplace danger. Workers are getting sick and dying every day because of their exposure to the virus at work. OSHA amassed substantial evidence of widespread, widespread workplace outbreaks across all industries. It studied the science of how this virus is transmitted and found that workers are exposed to danger when they're inside together for as little as 15 minutes. And OSHA considered the extensive evidence that unvaccinated employees are at heightened risk of contracting the virus, of transmitting it to others and infecting their co-workers, and of suffering the gravest consequences, hospitalization and even death.
0: I think I've said this in more than one podcast. If your introduction is bullcrap, then your entire argument is bullcrap and I refuse to acknowledge you. I think I did this with Ibram X. Kendi in his book, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist you are lying in your introduction and you want me to take the rest of your book seriously? I could go over this again. I'm not going to. Everything, as far as her statistics with the virus go, everything she said was BS. So here's John Roberts. I would say a very moderate conservative. I would say he's not even conservative. He's a classical liberal. Really bad pick by Bush. He asks a pretty good question to the respondent. General, uh, you said just a short while ago that this presented, um,
4: uh, COVID presented a grave danger to people in the workplace. In uh, a few minutes, we'll hear an argument in the CMS case and it will be that it presents a grave danger into Medicare and Medicaid facilities. Uh, Not here, but in the lower courts, the federal contractor mandate the argument is going to be it's a grave danger to federal contractors. Could you give me examples of some federal agencies where you would be willing to say COVID is not a grave danger in their, in that context?
5: Well, Mr. Chief Justice, I haven't, of course, surveyed the landscape of all of the different authorities that federal agencies can invoke. I, I well, take but you represent the question- them on a
4: regular basis, you hear, so you have a pretty general idea of some other examples of federal agencies, and I, my point, obviously, is that I don't Think as more and more mandates and more and more agencies come into place, it's a little hard to accept the idea that this is particularized to this thing—that it's a OSHA regulation, that it's a CMS regulation, that it's a federal contractor regulation. It seems to me that it's the, the government is trying to work across the waterfront, and it's just going agency by agency. I mean, this has been referred to as uh, the approach as a workaround, uh,
0: uh, and I'm wondering what it is you're Trying to work around. This question has the respondent in complete disarray. She goes on talking for two minutes without actually answering the question. It was pretty bad. I'm not even going to play that part because it's just, it's really bad. Here's what Roberts is getting to. Here's what Roberts is getting to. One, this could open, if they rule, they do not stay this, this could open a Pandora's box for many bureaucracies to place mandates in other words the irs could do it the epa can do it the department of homeland security could do it the question is where would it end because all these these people would do is point to this case and say well here's precedence they let osha do it so let's let the irs do it you don't get your tax refund unless you're vaccinated You don't think that can happen? His last point is also very important. What are you working around? Are you working around the Biden administration and Congress coming up with laws which do not have bipartisan support to make these mandates actual law? What about the legislative process? Why are unelected officials, unelected bureaucrats, making the loss. All this requires a legal process. It requires debate. It requires a bill. It requires a vote. The, The OSHA cannot come up with laws in a vacuum without any debate. And by the way, even OSHA is supposed to ask for public comment. But this law, this mandate... They don't aren't required to have a, a a public discussion about it. It's just we're gonna do it, and this is what we're gonna do, and that's it. Now, Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, and Sam Alito all came up with great questions, like just like the one John Roberts came up with. Now, what I love about Alito and Thomas is they sit there and they ask two. They ask typically very short, very succinct questions, then they're done. Especially if you're not going to convince them of anything. But the best question came from Amy Coney Barrett, the newest member of the Supreme Court. This is an awesome question. And really, I was surprised she ended up asking it and the others didn't. Here it is.
6: So Chief Judge Sutton pointed out in his dissent from the denial of initial en banc that OSHA did not adopt this rule in response to the emergency, quiet emergency, because that had been ongoing since early 2020. But instead, it responded to new facts on the ground, which included the widespread availability of a vaccine that maybe it was a surprise many people chose to forego, and the emergence of the Delta variant and chief judge sutton pointed out that in an extended pandemic or i don't know if we've moved to an endemic such as this one facts will continually change new variants will emerge there might be new treatments new vaccinations we we have boosters now right so now full vaccination might not just be the two jobs it might include a booster as well so when does the emergency end i mean a lot of this argument has been about congress's failure to act two years from now, do we have any reason to think that COVID will be gone or that new variants might not be emerging? And when, when must OSHA actually resort to its regular authority and go through notice and comment and not simply be kind of doing it um, in this quick way, which doesn't afford people the voice in the process that they're otherwise entitled to?
0: That's the million dollar question, isn't it? When does this end? When does this crap finally end? There's no, there's no expiration to an emergency cause. So the question's got to be, when does this end? Two years? Four years? Ten years? When is a bureaucracy like the OSHA going to sit there and say, okay, yeah, we're done. Oh, Our our job is done. We did a great job. Blah, blah, blah. When is it going to end? The thing is, it's never really going to end. They don't want it to end. I'm talking bureaucracy definitely doesn't want it to end because they gain power. They become the primary engine of the economy, I would say we are not even a constitutional republic anymore. We are a bureaucratic republic. They want this pandemic to go on forever. They want the bureaucracy to run everything, <coughs> so they can bypass legal processes like the constitution or those defined by the constitution. I I, I think this question here is the question that will kill OSHA because there's no answer to the question and the gal never answered it. It's going to go on as long as it's an emergency. Well, I got news for you. There's going to be different variants. If we're flipped out about Omicron, when Omicron isn't killing anyone, I mean, it still killed less than 50 people in the United States. What are we panicking about here? Well, it's an emergency, right? It's an emergency. Okay, so Sotomayor, you may remember, I'm not going to replay it again. She sat there and said 100,000 kids were in the hospitals and dying and billions of people have died. Yeah, that little thing that I said was complete BS. Well, Rochelle Walensky of the CDC was asked about this by Brett Baer of Fox News. And let's just say <coughs> Rochelle Walensky is going to media training because that's what our CDC doctors need is media training now, apparently. Um, apparently, the media training she got didn't take. So let's listen to Rochelle uh, talk about this. And I won't even call her doctor because I, I doubt any of these bureaucrats are doctors.
7: Now, the- We can find from Friday suggests there are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true?
8: Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Whenever
0: you give an answer and put a but after the answer, that means don't listen to this answer. Listen to the word salad BS I'm going to give you right now. That's not what he asked you. There are 3,500 kids in the hospitals. So she was wrong. Walensky obviously doesn't want to say that Son of was wrong. And then she goes off on vaccinated and unvaccinated and whatever. Here's the thing. And I don't know why people don't like Brett Baer from Fox News. I like Brett Baer. I think Brett Baer gives really the most, he's a real reporter. He gives the most even takes on everything. Some of those takes are not great, right? Some of those takes are not, it's conservatives doing bad things or it's a good argument. And he brings, he brings up good arguments. And I, I love him for this. I really do. But he will not give anybody any breaks, And he does not give Rochelle any breaks in this because she just, she just did what liberals do, start talking out their ass. So here, here, here he is. Here's Brett Baer saying, you know, lady, that's not what I asked you. Would you get to the
8: answer, please? Thank you.
7: But the number is not hundred thousand. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now.
8: Yes there are there are, and in fact what I will say is while pediatric hospitalizations are rising they're still about 15 fold less than hospitalizations of our older age age demographic
7: but I'm talking from your data ages 15 to 24 for example the risk of death is at 0.001% Um, I I guess what I'm getting at in this opening is that the Supreme Court is in the process of dealing with this big issue about mandates. And do you feel a responsibility as a CDC director to correct a very big mischaracterization by one of the Supreme Court justices?
8: Yeah, I, um, here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that right now, 17, you're, if you're unvaccinated, you're 17 times more likely to be in the hospital and 20 times more likely to die than if you're on, than if you're boosted. And so what my responsibility is, is to provide guidance and recommendations to protect the American people. Those recommendations strongly, uh, recommend vaccination for our children above the age of five and boosting for everyone above the age of 18 if they're eligible Uh, 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 uh. yeah she's flustered now she's flustered and again she can't get
0: off the fact that okay yes you're 20 times more likely to die if you didn't get the vaccine at 18 how many people are and, and this is what bear keeps bringing up well wait a minute you've got a point 005% 0.05% 0, 0, chance of dying if you're under 18. Why are you telling me you're 10 times more the panic doesn't work on Fox News. That's the whole thing. This is what conservatives do. They throw they throw panic out there. They take the worst-case scenarios and magnify the worst-case scenarios. They do this with everything. They do this with abortion. They do this with criminals. They do this all the time. Brett Bear's not having it. And now he decides, let's drop the bomb.
7: Do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID, or how many are with COVID but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown?
8: Um yes of course with Omicron we're following that very carefully our death registry of course um takes a few weeks to uh, and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect um and of course Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks but those data will be forthcoming
7: but you know the questioning in the Supreme Court also said that Omicron was as deadly as Delta that is not true right I'm sorry I didn't hear you Omicron is not as deadly as Delta at least by your data right now right
8: We are starting to see data from other countries that indicate um, on a person-by-person basis it may not be. However, given the volume of cases that we're seeing with Omicron, we very well may see death rates rise uh, dramatically.
0: By the way, however is the same as but. Do you get the impression they don't want this to end? He is asking her straight out, and she's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But... Yeah, but, yeah, however, these people are full of crap. And by the way, how do you not have those numbers? Did you seriously think you're going to go on to Fox News and he wasn't going to ask you for numbers? Brett Baer just dumped 1,200 statistics on her. She couldn't answer any of them. And now you're investigating it with Omicron? Weren't you supposed to be doing that throughout the pandemic? Because we know they haven't been. Well, I don't know. Rochelle, this was a horrid interview for her. He was asking questions that determined why economy, why the CDC thought we should shut down the economy, require social distancing, Push vax mandates, require social distancing, um, um, shut down schools, don't allow families to bury their loved ones—all of these things was based on CDC recommendations, and she, the, the head of the CDC, doesn't seem to have any statistics to back those recommendations. I don't know about you, but that seems like she should be fired. That seems like maybe you should actually know that stuff. She doesn't know how many people died of COVID or were in the hospital because of COVID? That I could have had a broken leg, had COVID, died of a a, a fat ambulism, and they're going to mark it as COVID? Isn't that the CDC's job to know that crap? Well, this was a bad interview. She knew it. Oh, it was terrible. So she decided to go on MSNBC or CNN. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, To do another interview the next day. And you know something? It didn't make her look any better. Listen to this and tell me if you can hear what I heard. 0.15%
8: of the people who um, received their primary series, and death in 0.003% of those people. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. Oh,
0: shoot. She didn't just say that. So in other words, 75% of the people who are actually dying of COVID have four comorbidities? Which is not a shock. I mean, if you're obese, you probably have diabetes, you probably have heart disease, and you probably have a high blood pressure. 75%. So in other words, now I want to catch. Covid, because I figure it'll be fun. I don't have any comorbidities. I'm fat, but I'm not obese by any stretch of the imagination. Am I obese? I don't have heart disease. I don't have diabetes. I don't have asthma. I don't have high blood pressure. I. I if she, if she is trying to figure, if she's trying to push this vaccine. And then she's telling everybody, well, yeah, well, some seventy-five percent. She even said people with one comorbidity have a 0003 percent chance of dying. People with cold, four comorbidities are dying. Incredible. Now I know this was a really long podcast. I'm sorry, it's almost fifty-three minutes. Um, but I I had to, I had to go off on this. Tomorrow I swear to God it'll be a half hour. And it'll be actually kind of fun. Because you know what we haven't done? Culture. And I've got a ton of culture stuff that's happened the last two weeks that I never got to. Um, By the way, uh, visit rumble.com. I released a new video. It's pretty insane. And it has to do with COVID again. But this is some fun stuff from uh, uh, Libs of TikTok from Twitter and TikTok. So these are great. Go visit that video. You can actually see my ugly mug. Um, visit my website at dumbasses talking I've got the entire um, show notes there. You can read them. You can listen to all of the different uh, you can listen to all of the different video clip audio clips, excuse me. No videos here. The Supreme Court doesn't do video. I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great week. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.